Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services or connect with us on Facebook. While you're turning there, Leviticus 23, I want to just take a moment and say thank you to everyone who came out for the uh, park and pray at the Uniontown Hospital. Uh, we were able to pray for our, uh, our health care workers and just a, a great time that that was. But also, I got to be honest with you, it was an added bonus just to be able to wave at some of our friends and to see your face and to be able to connect with you. Well, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, here at Faith Assembly, um, we are blessed. This is a tremendous family and uh, grateful that we can worship together. I was encouraged, uh, and we're, we're encouraged regularly just by notes and cards, emails, and just encouragement. Folks saying we, we miss being in church, but we're praying, we're excited, and believing that God's working all things. I, I got this note this week, and uh, it says, Pastor Jason... Thank you for still having church services in these circumstances. Your services are very helpful in these times. I hope we can see you soon. We are praying for you. Colton, this is from one of our faith kids. Colton, I just want to say thank you, Colton, for praying for us. To all of our faith kids, all of our our FSM student ministry, we thank God for our young people. And uh, thanks for staying connected, engaged with us. And I hope you know that uh, our children youth ministry putting together some great resources to be of encouragement to you and your family. I encourage you to check that out and be a part of that as uh, we continue in this new normal. Uh, although we recognize this is not going to be this way forever, that we're going to continue going from one new to a next new to another new because we're going from glory to glory. How many believe God has greater things in store for us today in Jesus' name? I got a couple amens from the worship team sitting out here, and uh, I thank God they're here. Uh, I thank God they're, they're part of uh, this service and this time. Uh, Lindsay mentioned already uh, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, just want to invite you. We'll throw the, uh, uh, just the link up there again. Uh, we're putting together just a faith update, a video call, and uh, two purposes. One, it gives us a chance just to say hello to that, that call with us today at 4 o'clock, and then also uh, be an opportunity for us to just share um, some updates, answer some questions, but even just share some uh, things that we're planning, what, what we're preparing and moving towards. Now, you realize we're making plans, but we're living in a culture where, ch- where these plans are able to change by the minute uh, because things are just changing. We're waiting, uh, but uh, we've got some, some thoughts, some ideas. Today at 4 o'clock, you're welcome to join us. be an opportunity for us to uh, just uh, connect uh, stay connected, but then also just share some updates here at Faith Assembly. So Leviticus 23 is where we're looking today, and we're in this series called In the Wake, and what we've been talking about in the wake has been this moment for us to evaluate how life affects us. How do we respond to the effects of life? That life is full of events that come and they leave us in their wake. There, there's everything from the personal circumstances to relational to financial to, to uh, just political, whatever it might be, that we are in the wake of all kinds of, of, of matters and things that will affect us. And we've been looking at how we respond to that. We've been looking at how they shape us, but making sure we don't forget that the most significant event 
that we are in the wake of is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are many things that we will be in the wake of. You don't know what your future might be. You're you're in the wake of a loss, in the wake of disappointment, in the wake of, of good news, bad news, whatever you might be in the wake of, but we are all in the wake of an empty grave and the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So for that reason, in the wake is about life events. It's about the result, our response, and his resurrection power. When we know what we have in Christ, that because we're in the wake of this major event, life doesn't affect us the same way that it might affect the world. Life doesn't have the same effect in, in, our, in our circumstance, the way we respond. It doesn't mean that we don't have disappointment. It doesn't mean that we don't have, have pain or grief or concern. But it means this, that in the wake of life's events, we're not left without hope and we're not left aimless. That there's still a hope and a purpose that remains. Second Corinthians, this isn't the text. We're going to Leviticus. But Paul said this, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Somebody say amen. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We've been persecuted, but we're not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. How many know that we're revealing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ how we respond in life circumstance. You and I are not without hope. It doesn't mean we're not without pain. We're not without disappointment, but we are not a people without hope. We might be living in the wake of a global crisis, but let's not forget that we are also living in the power of an empty grave or in the wake of the power of an empty grave. And uh, this is the, the, the aspect of our lives have been affected because of what Christ has done. And I know that I speak for all of us when I say this, that we are ready for this pandemic to be behind us. And all the church said, we're ready for this to be a moment of the past. But something I feel strongly, as as strongly the, the desire in me to be past this, that we can be back together again, that we can go on in some circumstances and ways that we used to do. But as strongly as I desire those days, I also feel this strong urge in my spirit. And that is to make sure that we don't just get through this, but that we grow through this. I really believe this is an intentional moment that God is using what was meant for evil. This virus is, was meant for evil. This comes from, from, uh, from the enemy. It's demonic. It's not from God. But God uses what was meant for evil and allows it to produce something good. That's how good your God is today. That's what he's able to do. And so we realize that we want to take the opportunity to not just get through this, but to grow through this. I don't know if you've ever heard, I've heard some politicians say this, never waste a good crisis. Never waste a good crisis. Well, I believe we say this, never waste a good moment or a good growth moment. Never waste a good growth moment. And I believe that that's what this is for us. It is what it is, but let's make it what it can be in Jesus' name. Last week, we talked about a new normal that, we're, that we are moving into, and whether we like it or not, we, we are in a new normal. And rather than grieving what we miss in the past, and we're always going from one stage of life to another stage of life, from one season to another season, and rather than grieving what is in the past, the encouragement for us to not lose sight of what God is doing in the future. That he is still the God of the past, the present, and the future. That he is all together in all things and not to lose sight. There, Some things are, are going to be, be new and it's not going to be the same normal. And we're going to adjust. And, and there's some things we don't entirely know how it's going to affect us. But we're preparing ourselves for that moment. But I want you to realize this. That if we believe that God is doing greater things and taking us to new places, then we better get used to adjusting to new normals. 
It might be a shame on us that we've gotten so attached to the way things are because when we attach ourselves to the way things are, we might lose sight of what God is still desiring to do in us. That he's taking us from newness, from greater things. And so, yes, there's things that we grieve in the past. I miss seeing you in church. I miss hugging you. I miss shaking your hand. I I miss meeting you in the lobby. I miss those moments, those encounters. And those are moments that we grieve, but I believe that we'll have back one day. But in the midst of grieving what we've lost, let's not lose sight of what God is still able to do, of what he wants to do in front of us. If God is doing a new thing, then I think we've got to be careful that in the wake of this current event that we allow ourselves to respond and prepare ourselves to adjust to the new normal that God has for us. Here's something that might might help us in an adjustment. I want you to consider this. What if shelter in place was actually something that God is wanting to use and it's a blessing that God has for you and I? What if shelter in place is more of a gift from God than we realize? What if instead of it being an order that seems unreasonable to some of us or an inconvenience that seems restricting to our rights, what if it's a divine moment for us to make some adjustments to prepare for the new normal that God wants for us? What if this is a divine moment for us to adjust and, and, to, and to align? So somebody right now is, is saying that, that this might be something that God isn't able to use because you'd say there's no way God can use this because there's people who are sitting in positions who don't know what they're doing and they're just making decisions and they don't have any idea what they're doing. You know what I would say to you? You're probably right, but I don't think I would either. And you probably wouldn't either. But before you think God can't use this chaos, this crazy, let me remind you of this. Number one, let's pray for those people who are making decisions. Let's pray for wisdom because I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. I wouldn't want to be in the place of making certain decisions. So before we say how chaotic or out of place, let's make sure we're first praying that God gives them wisdom. And secondly, if you think God can't use crazy and chaotic circumstances, just ask Jonah what God did with a whale. Just look what God used in a moment. When Jonah is heading the wrong direction, he gets thrown out of a boat and a whale comes and eats him and he becomes an illustrated sermon for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I wonder if God wants to use in these moments that we would allow this crazy, this chaotic to be a season that God would adjust us and prepare us for the new normal. In regards to the shelter in place order, I want to look at the law in Leviticus 23 and As you turn there today, I want to consider this morning just a festival that was put in order, a law that God put in place for the Israelites from the very beginning. And and I believe there's some things in here that are relevant, some relevant points that they were facing in their time that I think can apply to us in this moment. In uh, Leviticus 23, verse 33, here's what the scripture says. This is going back to the law. Some of us, it's hard to read through Leviticus because it gets difficult with all the, all the rules, the, the things, the regulations that are put in place. But here God is talking about how to honor him, how to acknowledge him. And he says this in verse 33. Uh, this is one of the festivals that he puts in order. He says, And the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Begin celebrating the festival of shelters, or some would say the festival of booths, in, in early uh, or some of the uh, other places, it says the festival of, of the ingathering harvest. And literally, he's, he's talking about a moment 
when they are going back to their roots and remembering who God is. So this is a festival of shelters or, or of booths that we might live in. He says, on the 15th day of the appointed month, five days after the day of, a, of atonement, you are to celebrate this. This festival to the Lord will last for seven days. Now I want you to jump down to verse 39. The rest of that is talking about how to honor God with the offerings and what to bring in all of the celebrations. But verse 39, he says, Remember that this seven-day festival to the Lord, the festival of shelters, begins on the 15th day of the appointed month after you have harvested all the produce of the land. Notice, it begins in conjunction with harvesting the produce of the land. The first day after the eighth day of the festival will be the days uh, will, be, will be days of complete rest. On the first day, gather branches from magnificent trees, palm fronds, bows from leafy trees, and willows that grow by the streams. Then celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. If you think God is boring, he put in, in the order and in the law, make sure you throw a party. He said, make sure you celebrate. This is not a, this is not a, a fast, they did that. That was the day of atonement. There was a moment of fasting, but this was a seven-day celebration and a party unto God. He said, celebrate before the Lord there for seven days. You must observe this festival to the Lord for seven days every year. This is the permanent law for you, and it must be observed in the appointed month from generation to generation for seven days. Notice it's supposed to last seven days. You must live outside in little shelters. All native-born Israelites must live in shelters. This will remind each new generation of Israelites that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I want to share from a very creative title this morning, simply this, Shelter in Place. I think that God is using this moment. I want us to evaluate that what God might be working and preparing us. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is alive. Now, God, I pray that our heart would come alive. And, God, that our mind would come alive with the truth of your word spoken and the relevance that it has in our lives today. So, God, I pray every distraction be removed. And, Lord, right there in the home, God, I pray that the presence of God would, would, just, would just minister. And, God, do in us, in our sanctuary, right in our home, where we are, God, that as we're sheltered in place, Holy Spirit, remind us of your glory, your goodness, and your majesty. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree with that today, would you say amen and amen. I, I um, uh, Shelter in place. I don't know if you're feeling the tension that is evident and taking place in our culture and in our country at this moment. And the tension is this, that it's, there's a rising up of, of individuals that literally are protesting and some going to different state capitals and, and protesting in front of capitals, calling for the economy to open up again. We're ready to get back to work and, and there's significance in this. And let me just say that there's much truth to the need for us to get back to work. We, we need to get back to work. We need to get back together again. We need, to, we need to hug again. We need to shake hands again. We need to get back. There 
is a need for this to get back. And, and, and specifically regarding work, the American economy cannot sustain joblessness. That's a fact of the matter. There is a, a, a truth that it cannot sustain joblessness. And because this fact is too that we were created to work. But I want you to understand that before you think this is a political statement, uh, and godlessness will crush a nation. Joblessness can cripple an economy, but if we are faithless or godless, it will cause a nation to be crushed. Our help comes from the Lord. Can I say this today? In God we trust. There's a reason why it's printed on the money because the money isn't what our trust is in. The money, the very thing we use for resources reminds us that the resources are not our trust. Our trust comes from the Lord alone. One morning as I was praying, I, I was in a moment and I felt the need to repent. And I know there's somebody right now thinking, what kind of preacher is this? He needs to repent. Let me just say to you, don't fear the person who repents. Fear the person who thinks there's no need to repent. Fear the one who thinks there's no need to course adjust or to, or to make correction. Can I tell you that he is constantly adjusting us and moving us from one normal to a new normal, from one idea to the next. He's constantly adjusting us. And one of these mornings in, in, uh, b- before this all unfolded, there's this prayer, and I just sensed this repentance before God, and I, I wrote it this way in my journal. I, I said, God, forgive us for reacting to a diagnosis more than responding to a declaration. Forgive us for reacting to a diagnosis before responding to a declaration. And, and what I was sensing is that oftentimes when there's a diagnosis, we identify the problem. But when you know the declaration, you're identifying the answer. And sometimes we're so familiar with the problem because we try to work in our own efforts and in our own ability. When you know the problem, you'll do whatever you can to fix it. But here's the reality. Your efforts cannot fix it. Only your faith in God and your faith in who he is will bring about the work that is needed in your life. Too often, I think we're trying to fix a problem that cannot be fixed in our own efforts, but only with our strength, that it's not just faith and works together. I want you to hear this today. It's not just faith and works together. It's faith and works in order. It's not just faith and works together. I know right now you're saying faith without works is dead. So there are efforts I have to make. You're absolutely right. Faith without works is dead. But let me say this, works before faith is rebellion. Faith without works is dead. But works before faith is rebellion. Can we be too quick sometimes to work with our hands and try to figure out a problem and not quick enough to wait on the Lord and to hear his voice and to step in faith to allow him to set the order, to put our trust in him? You realize that to wait on the Lord and to trust God takes faith. Let me just say this. It also takes work. It takes work sometimes to wait and to be still and to know God. You know it's sometimes just as much work to not busy yourself, but it can also be just as much work to not busy yourself. We've become so cultured and conditioned that we're busy, we're on the go, and I think that's one of the adjustments that we're seeing right now. You can't take the kids to another soccer practice. You can't sign them up for a third event in the same week, in the same moment. You can't do another thing because everything is shut down, and I wonder if there's work right now that we have to do, that it takes work sometimes to quiet ourselves before God and to hear him speak. Faith without works is dead, but works before faith is rebellion. Listen what God said to, to Saul through Samuel. When Saul took in his own hands, he, instead of waiting 
for, for the prophet to come or for the priest to come and perform the duties. Saul the king was not his job. He took in his own hands to make a sacrifice. And here's what the Bible says. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen. How many know if you're going to listen, sometimes we've got to wait and be still. He says, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. Can I tell you that when your works go before your faith, you're creating your own idols, and you're doing unto yourself and for yourself an answer that cannot sustain you. Your job is not your sustaining. It is only the power and the presence of God that will sustain us. Yes, we need jobs for a America to go forward, but more than we need jobs to see an economy rebound, we need the faith and presence of God to give us hope that'll last forever. If we have a joblessness in the, in the fear of crippling an, uh, an economy, be careful that we're not allowing faithlessness to cripple our families, or not just cripple, but sometimes, sometimes even crush, because we've not learned to put our weight on what sustains us. Here's the last thing he says: He's worshiping idols. He said. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, the Lord has rejected you. The Lord has rejected you. He's, he's pulled his hand back. You know why these moments of crisis, and not, I don't mean just crisis in general, but global pandemics, virus, and even, even things that enter the world is without a doubt God allows, but God is still greater than whatever comes into our midst. That there are times that it feels like God has pulled his hand back. There are times God lets us go through whatever we go through, but his faithfulness is always remaining. I want you to hear today, it will not be our efforts with our hands, but rather our faith in our God that will sustain us, that will keep us. Let's stop diagnosing the problem and start declaring the answer. In God we trust. In God we trust. What does it mean to trust God? It means this, to operate according to the principle of his word. So I want you to be honest with me this morning. As a husband sitting in your living room, as a parent leading your home, I want you to be honest today and and ask ourselves, is there room for us to, to develop in the area of operating according to God's word? Is there room for us to seek first the kingdom of God, to build our lives upon him and his truth? And if so, then I want to encourage you today, let's take advantage of this shelter in place to make those adjustments that are needed. Let's take advantage of this moment to to shelter in place and, and to allow those adjustments to put ourselves before God. Listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with protesting that we need to get back to work, but I think it's a problem if we protest at a state capitol before we've entered into a throne room of heaven. That if we protest, and I'm not saying anything against this. This is not a political statement. This is a statement of faith that our help does not come because we have a job or because we have income or because we have a home or because we have our health. Our help only comes because of our faith in Jesus Christ. He is our shelter. He's our tower. He's our refuge. He's the one that we run to, that the righteous run to him, and they are saved. If you know that he's the strong tower of your your life today just give God praise in your home right now where you are and say God thank you that you are my strong tower you are my source and my help my strength and I want to encourage us today that we acknowledge that our help our shelter our hope is found in the Lord the festival of shelters 
was to take place every year. Notice this, it was an annual festival. And what they were supposed to do is that they were to go into the place that God had ordained. Now, this is Jerusalem now, but at the time that God gave the law, that he gave it through Moses, they were still traveling. They were still moving from place to place. And so God has put this in order for them to worship. He says, to the place of God's choosing, you're supposed to come and you're supposed to bring offerings and you're to worship for seven days. Now, it ends up being eight days total because in the evening as they're traveling, the first day, they're honoring God, they're worshiping. But the purpose of this is that they were to acknowledge God and to celebrate. How do they celebrate? You bring, you, you bring branches from certain trees and you take them with you. And then as you go, which by the way, notice this is a Jewish culture or a tradition that anytime you carry branches, it is, a, it is a sign of worship, of rejoicing, of celebrating. And so they're waving branches on their way to a place to basically set up camp. They're leaving their homes, their place where they are. He said, when you arrive in that place, you're going to leave where you are and you're going to go camp out in a place that you're going to worship and acknowledge and give sacrifice and celebrate the Lord together. And this is a specific time of year that we're supposed to go. And in specifically, it's five days after the Day of Atonement, which is another celebration, a festival, or, or is a day of, of atonement that not so much a festival, but a day of fasting and praying and acknowledging that, are, that we're sinful and that we need a Savior and redemption. But he says it's also in the time of when the final harvest is received. And this is around October. So it's kind of like their Thanksgiving in October. That this was God's idea in this harvest season to come and celebrate me. And they were to go and build tents out of these, out of these branches as a sign of remembrance that God provided for them while they were in the desert. The festival of shelters was about reminding the people of God about how he kept them in the wilderness after rescuing them from Egypt. And God told them to shelter in place and to remember his faithfulness upon them. I want you to see how significant this is. Listen what Exodus 34 verse 23 says. Three times a year. This was one of three times that they were to go. The first one was Passover. We just celebrated that, of course, recognizing leading into Easter. The next one is the, the, the festival of Pentecost, which is coming up. And that's the festival of another harvest, but it's a Pentecost. And then the third one is the festival of shelters or of booths. And he says... Three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive, I want you to hear this, I will drive out the other nations ahead of you and expand your territory so no one will covet and conquer your land while you appear before the Lord your God three times a year. Did you catch that? That when you honor God's word and when you go and worship God, he'll protect your land. Guess what happens? If you don't honor God, he won't protect your land. He makes it clear that as we honor God, we make room for him to provide, for him to show who he is. And I want you to notice this, that he tells them to go and celebrate. And the reason they're to celebrate is because we celebrate the things that have meaning and value in our lives. I hope today that we celebrate the faithfulness and the goodness of God, that we would, that we would celebrate what he's provided for us. And so before we, we make a desire to just get back to normal, which, by the way, there's not going to be a normal. Let's, let's pray there's a new normal. But before we just get back into things, I want to encourage us real quickly here today before we close. I want to give you a couple things this morning to consider 
That we won't just get through this, but that we will grow through this. That, that these, there's some things from the Festival of Shelters that I believe we can connect with today in our midst. Here's number one. Here's some things that we can consider as we shelter in place. Number one, rejoice in every season. Did you notice that when they go for the festival, they're to carry branches from certain trees? And I want you to, to just see this quick. These, these are, are the, the, the trees or the branches that they're supposed to use for the structure of their tents or for the shelters. It says that they're to build these tents and for seven days they're to stay underneath these, these, these branches, the shelter that they're building, this shelter that's being established. And this will be a place for them to experience their worship, their time together, to acknowledge and remember what God has done. But notice it says specifically to bring these types of, of branches. And here's what they are specifically. Basically, they're palm trees, they're myrtle trees, and they're branches from willow trees. It's the palm tree, the myrtle tree, and the willow tree. That These things are what you're supposed to bring branches from. Here's what's significant. The palm tree represents the place that the fruit rests. It's a place of fruitfulness. It's rest. It's a replenishing. It's a place of rest. The myrtle tree represents strength because it's, it's full. It's leafy. It holds a lot, of, a, a lot of things. It's full, and so it represents a strength. And the willow tree represents represents a place of weeping. We call it a weeping willow. In fact, in, in, the, in Psalms, it says this, in Psalm 27, it says that we will hang our armor on the willow tree as we weep. In, in that culture, it's connected to a place of weeping. Notice this, that the palm tree, the myrtle tree, and, and the willow tree, that in every season, in your resting and in your strength and in your weeping, that we ought to rejoice, that we ought to acknowledge God, that we should celebrate him in every season of our lives, that when we do this, that this acknowledges that our help comes from God in every season. When we rejoice, it's the acknowledgement. And here's what we need to do that in these moments that we've got to be careful that we don't quit looking up because when we quit looking up, we lose hope. Look up. The Bible says that when you see all these things come about, look up, your redemption draws nigh. One of the things I feel prompted is be careful. I know we need the economy. I know we need all that we, we need certain things. Absolutely. But be careful we don't spend more time looking out and forget looking up. Be careful we don't spend more time looking out for our finances, looking out for our future, looking out for our circumstances. Be careful we don't spend more time looking out and forget to look up. It doesn't mean you don't look out, but you better not look out before you look up. There needs to be this, this, this order that faith coming before our works. Yes, faith and works together. But our faith before we work, that we acknowledge that we wait on God in every season. Are you looking up to him? Whatever season you're in, here's number two. Number two, I want us to consider this, is not only in a place that we rejoice in every season, but that we remind every generation. The big reason they were to celebrate the festival of shelters year after year was to remind the next generation that their help comes from the Lord, that the next generation needs to be reminded. I want to ask us today, how are we doing at reminding the next generation that our help comes from the Lord? If we complain about what's wrong in the world more than we declare that our God is in control of all things, how many know there are ears listening and hearing and they're learning to not, to not trust God but to criticize things. They're learning how to complain more than they're learning how to declare. They're learning how to say what's wrong more than they are how to say that God is good and that he's working all things together for those who trust him and love him we must remind a generation can I just say this today that a shelter in place is a great illustrated sermon mom and dad to teach kids that our trust comes from the Lord their world has been turned upside down every one of us have been turned upside down 
And while everything is out of order, out of sorts, this is the moment. And what God is saying to them, I want you to take your family and I want you to build a shelter. I want you to stay outside. I, I want you to sleep under, the, under the, 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 the branches that you take with you. And I want you to celebrate there for seven days and remember and let your children know and be reminded that I protected their people when they were in a wilderness. I protected them and brought them out of slavery. I want to remind you, the God who brought them out of slavery, the God who kept them in the wilderness is the God who's able to keep us in the coronavirus. The God who's able to move with us and walk us through a pandemic, through an economy that might be crippled, that our God is able, he will sustain you. Not your hands, not your strong arm, but only the strong arm of God will keep us and uphold us. That it's in him that we trust. We must remind a generation. I want you to see what, what Moses said in Deuteronomy 31. In Deuteronomy 31, he said, Moses gave this command. At the end of every seventh year, the year of release, during the festival of shelters. Did you catch that? Every seven years during the festival of shelters, you must read this book of instruction to all the people of Israel when they assemble before the Lord your God to the place that he chooses. Do this so that your children who have not known these instructions will hear them and will learn to fear the Lord your God. I know that your job is so valuable to your family. But I hope that just as valuable as we see our job, let it be the same value that we see to impart the wisdom and the truth of God into the next generation. What good is it if we raise children that we pay their bills, provide for them, but they don't know the goodness and the grace and how to depend on God? What good is it if I bring home a paycheck and I give them everything they want, but I've not given them what they need because there might be willows trees in the, in the moments. It's not always myrtle. It's not always palm trees. Sometimes there's a willow tree in the place that's in the place of hurting and the, as the deer pants for the water. You know why the deer pants for the water? So my soul pants after you. The, bio, the psalmist said the water in the brook represents a place of hurting, a place of need. And how many know that he is near to the brokenhearted and there are moments in our lives and in our young people's lives that they're gonna hurt, they're gonna break, they're gonna need help. And sometimes we're not gonna be the ones, parents, we're not always gonna be there, but we can let them know that there's a God who walked with people in the wilderness. There's a God who walked with them when they were in slavery that they can know a God who will keep them oh God I pray that we won't just worry about having a job but we'll worry about declaring our help comes from the Lord yes we've got to have works with faith but God help us if we're busier with our works before we are our faith that we need to know the hope and the strength that comes from God I want to encourage us and, and even the worship team is coming now and, and helping us close this morning but but I feel this strong in my spirit for the next generation. This is a moment for us to lead a generation. You're asking who's leading, who knows what's going on, who knows when to open up the states, who knows when to open up the economy. I don't know, but I'm not going to sit by and criticize what other people are doing because there are other people making big decisions. I pray God give them wisdom, but I pray I don't worry about other people's decisions and neglect my very own important ones. God, help us if we're more concerned about what happens in another house and forget what happens in our own house. That in the place that we are, that as we're sheltered in place, could this be a moment God says, hey, husband, hey, father, it's time for you to be the head of your house. 
It's time for you to step into a place and to remind the generations of the faithfulness, the goodness, the glory of God. This is our moment. I feel this so strong that we wouldn't just get through this, but that we would grow through this. And Moses said to the people, every seven years during the festival of shelters, read the instructions. And we're not going to read the entire book of the law. But I feel this so strong that this week I want to challenge us. I want to encourage us to shelter in place. We put together a devotional that I want you to join us for the next five days to read. And here, dads, I, I want to give you a specific challenge. I know the whole family might be watching right now, but I'm talking to dads right now. Hey, dads, would you take time to open the word and read these scriptures with your children? And we want to help because each morning we're going to be providing a short devotional to just give insight and talk. You don't have to expound the whole meaning of it all. You just need to let your young people, your family know that you stand upon the word of God. That we put our trust in God. So I'm going to ask you this week, would you join us in a shelter in place devotional and reading? We'll be putting it online and a place for you to join us. And let's make the most of these moments. I want to close with this. and, And that is to remind us that the last point that I want to look at about the Festival of Shelters is what made it significant or what it signified. And here's what it is. It signifies this, that there is a rescue in every time of need. There's a rescue in every need. And I want you to see this is powerful. Listen to this. God ends this command to shelter in place. He ends it with this. I am the Lord your God. You and I hear that. And when we hear it, we say yes and amen. Thank you that you are the Lord. But when Moses was saying this, he was just years. Within a time, 50 years, less than 50 years at this point. Even less than that, that he would have met with God to go rescue Israel. And he says to God, if they ask me what's your name, who should I tell them has sent me? And God said, I am that I am. When God said these words, I am the Lord your God, he is telling them, I want you to know who I am. I'm telling you who I am. This is my name. This is what I'm able to do. I am. You know who I am is? He is the I am in whatever you need. If you need healing, I am healing. If you need hope, I am hope. He is at the end of whatever you need. In every place that you are, he is the I am. He is the one who is with you. He is the Lord your God. Can you say that today? That you are my God. Because here's what I want you to, to recognize. That God told the Israelites to celebrate the festival of shelters. And here's why. He said, because I am the Lord your God. Why should we go build these tents? Because I want you to know who I am. I am your help. I am your strength. I am your rescue. I am your source. I am your shelter. I'm with you in your difficult moments. I want to remind you that when your ancestors were in the wilderness, I was with them and I am with you. Can I say this today? And I want you to hear this so strong. Be careful. And he's telling them, I want you to leave your home and I want you to take seven days. I can't afford seven days. Who's going to take care of the fields? Seven days. I got a job. To, I got bills to pay. I got stuff to do. I can't afford. I got a home. I've got all this stuff. And this is the moment. He says, I want you to leave. And I want you to go to a place to celebrate and remember my faithfulness. You know why? 
He said, because I am the Lord your God. You know what? If he's the Lord my God, then that means my job is not my God. That means my house is not my job. That are not my God. It means my surroundings, my promises, every good gift that God gives me, those things are not my God. Those are the blessings of the Lord. My God, he had a dwelling for us in the wilderness. But Revelation 21.3 says, I see it coming down. I see a new heaven coming down and that God's dwelling, his tabernacle is with us. Can I say to you that God wants to dwell with you in the wilderness and he created a place that you and I can dwell with him for all eternity that where he is we may be also I want you to know this morning that the Lord is our God so shelter in place be reminded that he is our hope yes we need an economy yes we need all of these things but let's be careful that we don't build our life on things but that we build our life upon the Lord are you sheltering have you put a place to recognize that God is my shelter my help comes from Him. I want to sing this song today, and maybe that's you. You say, I need to be reminded. As I shelter in place, now I'm acknowledging that my help comes from the Lord. Come on, let's sing this to God. And let's acknowledge just right where you are. You're building before the Lord.